Hey, and happy Wednesday to you. I hope it's a, a great Wednesday. This is the Airport Minute, where each and every day, Monday through Friday, we talk about the greatest uh, disaster movie ever made, the 1970 Universal Pictures Airport. I am one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDads.com. And I'm host number two, Mark Cerulli of CovertOps.tv. And once again, we have in the hot pit, <laughs> hot pit Mr. Uh, Hal Bryan, uh, <laughs> the senior editor of the Experimental Aircraft Association. And and I can assure you that I, I'm clearly I'm back by popular demand. Yes. Is that is that a yeah, safe assumption? There were, it, there were, the phone is. would not stop ringing. That's the way it went. <laughs> uh, everything on vibrate, it was fine. <laughs> but uh, here, so uh, once again, we're back with uh, with Transglobal Airways and uh, following them as they make their uh, slow ascent out of uh, Lincoln, heading for uh, parts unknown. Well, <laughs> they're trying to get to Rome, and I don't I don't know if they're going to make it or not. But they're already I, they're not quite at altitude but they're already serving uh food and things all out in the uh yeah in the first class section at least i was thinking this might be a a little bit of a thing to do with the with the drinks carts and all that well you know it's it's funny although actually you know in the previous minute they had just reached the cruising altitude but clearly they'd been serving for a while but you know in the in the glory days of first class uh, you know, we were uh, we were talking earlier, I think, offline about how we we both came from airline families, and uh, you know, the glory days of first class. The drinks started as the second you sat down. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, you know, those would come and go. And you know, once in a while, traveling as a as a, a non rev, like you said, non revenue yeah. passenger, sometimes you end up in the last seat in coach, and sometimes the only seat available was up in first. So yeah, you always wore your you tie. Know, you always <laughs> yep, always had to wear a tie. Boy, talk about that's something I miss—the golden age of air air yeah. travel. It's, is when <laughs> people didn't people dress like they're going to the laundromat. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> somebody in a in a tank top that's ten sizes too big pulling a band aid off his hairy toe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that sat across from me on a recent trip. Wow! Really? Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think I'm, I'm. I know I'm working backwards from the minute, but just toward the end of the minute with the, uh, the first uh, first class flight attendant or stewardess at the time with the right. tongs peeling off those jumbo shrimp. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Look at those. Well, I'm getting hungry. Big tray of ice. And is that caviar? I think that's caviar sitting on top of ice. Well, uh, they're not savages for crying no. out loud. <laughs> My goodness, this first class, not steerage. These, yeah, why are these people wearing tuxedos? Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, wow, what a yeah, those <laughs> those days are long gone. Uh, the yeah. most recent for better part, and for worse. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, now you get a bag of peanuts or pretzels that you can't open. But ah, glory days is right. We go we go back to the uh, beginning of the minute. We're still talking with that James Gregory looking fellow who's uh, telling them uh, advise and. You know, let us know who's invading Gary Collins' personal screen space. <laughs> <laughs> that was my moment. Like, I know he I was leaning in. He's, oh, but around man. zero, around sixteen seconds in, he he gets a laugh. So yeah. uh, <laughs> that must have been a good day on the set. Yeah, <laughs> right. I emoted today. They were feeling generous. <laughs> All those years at Juilliard paid off. <laughs> <laughs> God, Gary Collins at Juilliard. Why is that impossible to uh, picture? Gosh, wow. you know, the thing I love at the very beginning of this minute, you got this Cleveland dispatch, you know, relaying this message from from Lincoln uh, that's coming along. This description of this woman. So a couple of careers ago, I was in law enforcement for several years and uh, this, you know, a small town street cop and uh, nobody gives a, a description this good like ever. <laughs> 
this, you know, tell me it's a brown hat with a brown pom-pom, a tweed coat with this black velvet collar. I don't he's ever described, like, the material something was made out of when describing Fresh somebody shoes, you're supposed to look at. and a half, yes. <laughs> exactly. A little bit of a bunion on the left toe. Yeah. That... Mm. That just blew my mind. It's like, you know, there's an old lady on board. I don't know. I think she's wearing a hat. That's what I would expect yeah. to hear. Well, I'm, I'm looking at it. The dispatcher also doesn't seem to need uh, headphones. Uh, apparently, the speaker must be right there behind him. Um, it wasn't necessary to tell the story, I guess. So it's like, yeah, just stick a microphone in front of him. Sure. He's uh, reporting like he's, you know, about to, about to announce that there's a sale on eggs at the uh, Kroger's. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Spoken like a West Coast guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, Kroger's is in Atlanta. There's a. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. The uh, they're. I mean, they're pretty much everywhere. I think they were once a Sears company out of Columbus, Ohio. But I may be wrong. I'm not sure. No, no Kroger's was harmed in this uh, making of this movie. But at least uh, we get uh, we get a moment of Jacqueline Bissett coming back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, uh-huh. and that's well, welcome. Yeah. Anytime that happens, good lord, uh, yeah. uh, Jim. I saw you put a call out trying to reach her for an upcoming episode. Oh, uh, we is are, that a... it, well, I've I've sent a letter. I've sent a paper letter with a stamp, and and I, I left out all the exclamation marks that I wanted to put into the letter. <laughs> but it was uh, hopefully I, I, I included an envelope stuffed with cash. <laughs> that <laughs> See what happens. And self-addressed stamped envelope for a reply. Yeah. Please, please write back. Check yeah. here. Yeah, you don't have to write back. Just yes the... or no. Just like yeah. the envelope. Yeah. Wow. So we're up to collecting Jacqueline Bissett's uh, DNA yeah, is what this has turned into. I was thinking of sending it certified and requiring a signature just so we can have really piss her off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm sure she's a good sport, and I'm sure she'll be happy to be on the show someday, maybe before maybe before we finish the show. Before you run out of minutes? Yeah. yeah. I think she would merit her own minute. Oh, you we'll, do, we'll put in... You can do episode 138 or whatever it ends up being. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, the... Uh, the FBI warning. We'll have her talk over that one. <laughs> right. Exactly. Uh, but uh, she, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she does a pretty good job in this. For people watching on to this later on, as we're, uh, this is the first time she's going to be reading a description of somebody. And if you look at the scene, she gets handed the clipboard at minute, or at second 33. She reads it, and she's all done with it by, she hands it back to Dino at second 38. So in four seconds, she read the entire description. Uh, in a couple of minutes, we're going to have a, another call for another passenger. And <laughs> please please watch how long it takes her to read the same description <laughs> link. Because she's trying to find some business to do with that clipboard, and it just ain't working. That's uh, fantastic. And she instantly knows that she's yeah. not in first class. And I love that. I've hardly checked tourists yet. No, like, nobody's wearing a granted, pom. Nobody's wearing a pom pom back there, and won't be for the next seven and a half hours. <laughs> wow. Oh uh, my gosh. Her hair's looking particularly orange in this episode too. It's. Uh, I guess it was uh, freshly uh, sanforized. She does. And poor, poor Gary Collins. It was this one moment in the sun where they, the, uh, <laughs> the oval disappeared. He laughed, <laughs> and then. <laughs> She upstaged him. And was like, "Excuse me, this is my scene." Get in the background. Did she speak to him for a second? Uh, she's. I think she's still whispering about the fellow in twenty-one uh, D. Mm. That's what I was going to ask. Isn't she delivering that? To, is she delivering that to Collins, complaining about it? Uh, the guy yeah. who's complaining it's too hot. Yeah, Mister uh, so. Mister Rathbone. So yeah, twenty-one D, twenty-one D. Yeah, and the and the guy that the guy in twenty-one D is Marcus Rathbone, the fellow that uh, was complaining Marcus about Rathbone. the two-dollar uh, bus ride, and uh, we'll be having another. 
uh, complaint uh, in the next couple of minutes about the That's quality right. of his nuts. <laughs> That's right. And you guys sell the T-shirts. That's fantastic. Yes. yes. Going to have to get one of those. Which uh, actually, we're going to have to have a reissue of that because I think I think the timeline went out for the uh, the Marcus Rathbone War. But we will we will be having lots of uh, Rathbone moments uh, on shirts to come. Uh, <laughs> anybody out there looking for some some good swag for this thing? It's all out there on uh, AirportMinute.com/slash/shop. So you can pick up a pick up a shirt that everybody asks you, "What's that all about?" Because <laughs> no nobody under the age of I'd say thirty nine has seen this movie. <laughs> Where are they now? I'm trying to figure out on the throttles. I do not know uh, the controls on a seven oh seven very well, but is that three quarter? I'm trying to figure out how far how far forward they've pushed those throttles. It's you know it's tough to tell from that angle. You know, sort of looking, looking obliquely like that. Yeah. Three quarter sounds, you know, certainly sounds, sounds reasonable, and and again, uh, sounds mm-hmm. plausible. Um, I was just mm-hmm. trying to figure out. You know, I need to go and study the cockpit scenes even a little bit more closely. Just trying to figure out, okay, where exactly, you know, how much how much instrument panel structure is there? You know, we know in the right seat it's just cue cards for Dean Martin, but yeah, you know, how much of the rest of it is there because it all feels very tangible, even though you're. You know, you're sort of there in almost at the instrument panel, looking back into the cockpit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they've got that center tower there, which is uh, you know all the flaps and uh, throttle controls. And I get right. the feeling there's something that they they have like all the you know the magneto stuff, the the electrical system above them. But I'm not sure. It looks like it's it's kind of taken away in the middle section. They they do seem to. Uh, there is a scene where they're where they're working the overhead controls. Oh but sure. I don't remember if it was in in view or not um but surprisingly well designed i mean these are all wild walls and stuff but they still manage to show a lot of equipment right and every glimpse you get of uh, you know you got gary collins back there with a whole flight engineers panel you know you don't spend a lot of time lingering back there but it all looks yeah complete and plausible and you know it's just nothing but a wall of gauges basically is what he would have had back there yeah I was thinking if they were going to do this when the Airbus uh, people wouldn't understand with the side stick and all that, they would just be seeing these two guys sitting in chairs. What are right. they doing? Nothing. They're just sitting there. And who's the third guy anyway? Yeah. <laughs> what do you need that for? Yeah, it's a. Uh, it, it is. It, you know, it it brings you back. I, I mean, we are all of an age where you can remember days like this, and it it is kind of a, a lost world seeing it. I mean, a lot of it I don't miss. I don't miss the smoking. Uh, right. Those old. Mm. Uh, those old uh, panels that were, uh, you know, the uh, the passenger uh, air controls and things like that, that, that's right out of, you know, straight from the Boeing factory. That's the original. You know, you'll never see yep. anything like that. No overhead luggage and uh, just so much room. Uh, yeah, the, the, the leg room, even back in Tourist, yeah. you know. Yeah. I could sit next to Guerrero if we had leg room yeah. like that. <laughs> you might have been able to prevent the whole thing. Yeah, there you go. You never know. I, uh, I'm a hero by nature. Wow, <laughs> but, uh, you know it. It's funny not to not to. Again, we don't want to go off and spoil, but it is kind of fascinating to me that when you look at at the the drama in the story, the crux of it. Um, you know, we at this point we don't know for sure what Guerrero's up to. We're, we've, I think we've all got a pretty good idea, um, but how much of the movie revolves around needing to move an airplane several feet, you know, to clear that runway. Oh yeah, and and you know if this if this had happened in real life, 
if this whole thing had played out like this, start to finish, this is high drama. This is once in a lifetime. This is an incredible experience for everybody involved, from you know Petroni to uh, you know Vern in the cockpit and everybody else. But you know now you'd pitch this as a movie and say what the the whole thing is whether or not they can move an airplane a little ways, and yeah. and we're going to have repeated scenes of guys with shovels and and you know how how is how is this interesting? How is this exciting? And that's one of the things that I, I think I appreciate most about the movie is is that, and I keep using the word, it's that sense of sort of plausibility. And they didn't look at it and say, okay, yeah, we've got a suspicious guy, we've got a terrible storm, all this other stuff going on, we've got to move this airplane out of the way, but how do we make it interesting, you know? Yeah. It's, they just they told the, the, the straightforward story, you know, pretty faithfully to Haley's book. And and this was the time when... It, the, the jet age w- had arrived, but still not as many people, uh, you know, it, not, it wasn't as common as it is now. I mean, today it's taken the place of the Greyhound bus for the most, most part. People right. jump on a plane and go places. But this was something that pe- not everybody had been on a plane. Not everybody had, see, you know, and, and they see things like that, uh, that Tower of Shrimp and stuff like that and say, wow, it's like being on a cruise. It's like, it's mm. like going to a fancy restaurant. You're up in the sky and... Yeah, exactly. It, this was the it kind was of glamorous. Thing that, yeah, this is what people wanted to do. Everybody on this on this show has a suit on because they're you know they're part of this big adventure. And and the words air rage hadn't entered the lexicon yet. <laughs> right. And I just love you know the early scenes. Anytime you see you know any footage outside of the airport proper, which I think is really only the very very beginning of the film before the weather gets bad and everything else is at night, but. You know, I'm sitting there watching closely, and I see a, there's a Northwest, what would have been back then, I think, Northwest Orient, yeah. uh, Boeing Stratacruiser that's, yeah. that's way off the side. You just see the tail of it and realizing, and that's, you know, that's a design from the late 40s. That's a total classic, super golden age thing, and it's amazing to think, wow, that, you know, that was still there, and there was still enough of that connection, oh, yeah. you know, even, even before our times, but... Uh, yeah, you know, I think there were whole like like convairs and things that were just yeah, flying around. Yeah, they were just taxiing by and everything else and then but but also, you know, something else we've uh we were talking earlier about the the Concorde model in the in the office and then there was the, the sorry, in the last minute the you know, the Boeing SST model sitting there. Uh, people were still looking forward to at that time. You know, you've got this classy element, you've got the elements of the the golden age, but also we're thinking you know, the next thing's going to be better, and the thing after that's going to be even cooler than that, and it's just going to keep progressing. And, yeah. uh, you know, Encore has now come and gone, which yeah. is, which is a hard thing to wrap my head around. And you may never see it again. That's the other thing. Yeah, I feel so bad. I wanted, towards the end, I forget when when it, it, it was, the, the program was shut down, but we actually looked into flying, and you could fly one way and then fly back on on a regular plane, but it was still like, over three thousand dollars for, oh, yeah. for a one-way trip, and well, there was quite a period where it was ten grand or more to get on Concorde. Yeah, I, I had it. That's I had not a, adjusted for inflation. I had a standby so. on Concorde. I was flying. Our, our company flew British uh, Airways, and I had a standby on Concorde, and oh, I got bum- I got bumped. There were three in front of me, and oh, they, got, they got on, and I didn't. And I, I won the first class on on a, a BA flight, which was great, but it was like. Could have been on the rocket. I wanted to. <laughs> no kidding to go Mach two. Yeah, that yeah. something. Uh, a good friend of mine did the rebuild for uh, when, when they updated the avionics. They used to have the dial and they had to put in all the digital stuff. Oh right. And, uh, he was he was on, he was on the uh, on the plane. And they they had swapped out all the seats. The seats were built by BMW, 
so that hmm. they were more comfortable. And if, if you've ever been inside of a Concorde, it's a very tight oh. little ship. I mean, it's narrow. It's extremely right. narrow. Uh, so they try to make the seats as comfortable as possible because you're going to be in a, even though it's only, you know, three and a half hour flight, you're still going to be in a tight little seat. But the seats were just like, you know, like Barca loungers. They were just so, it, probably one of the most comfortable seats ever made for an aircraft. Well, and the whole thing was, was first class, you know, yeah. nose to tail. Yeah. And, uh, and I, you know, I've, I've been on board them, um, inside them a couple of times. And then, uh, in my previous life, uh, I was uh, out at Microsoft for many, many years, worked for about 11 years on the flight simulator series. And we modeled Concorde in, uh, 99 and 2000 was when we released that one. So I did get to spend some time in the Concorde sim with their chief pilot. So it's closest I came, but wow. just, you know, deep, deep regrets there for not, uh, somehow ponying up the cash and, yeah. Just going for it. Did they ever discount it? Was it ever available cheaper than three grand a trip? I never heard of it getting really any cheaper than that. And even still, there was it was kind of a lost leader thing for them anyway. It was a, you know, it was as I understand it anyway. So I can't say that I'm any expert on the economics of it. Um, but I don't think they ever really, you know, really got it down any cheaper. They just charged as much as they could get away with. Sure. Yeah, it, was, it was a prestige flight. I mean, it wasn't there to make make money. It was um, right. more of a, a demonstration of the con of bet- you know between two countries ma- managing to come up with this thing, and mm. the, the fact that it was up in the air so long is just astonishing. Right, um, great, great but, little ship. And you just wonder, how, you know, how would things be different if uh, if we didn't have the noise issues that we did here in the U.S. I guess TWA would have bought them. Uh, yeah. United was talking about them seriously. My dad was ready to throw his hat in the ring and fly a United Concords as soon as they got them. Everybody was ready. Everybody was about to do it. And they said, oh, but you can't go supersonic over the continental U.S. And, mm. you know, yeah. that really, I don't know. I, it's, it's not very PC, but I wouldn't mind hearing sonic booms now and again. Oh well, maybe maybe someday we'll see. We'll, we'll see. maybe they can they can come up with a corridor where people won't mind the sound, right? Uh, but uh, anyway, a great a great view of the past on uh, this particular minute. I just you you look at some of these scenes and you're back there, and you can you know feel what it was feel what it was like back before before the hell years. But at least <laughs> hell years. Yeah, but it, it, the other thing is that, it, that uh, planes don't smell like uh, tobacco anymore. That's the other. Uh, if anything good came out of this, it's just you know that the the smell of this plane was just like going into a a pipe factory. Absolutely. Uh, have you guys seen the guy? It was uh, USA Today just picked up the story a couple of days ago. Sorry, about a month ago, uh, giving when this uh, when this. Uh, episode airs the guy who's got the the first class section of the 747 recreated mm-hmm. and does the pan am experience i think it's out in oh, la i heard that there was going to be something i heard there was going to be something about that i haven't seen i haven't actually seen the article though uh, he was going to yeah he was going to try and rebuild it with a with like the original piano lounge and stuff right was, right yes apparently he's done it and now you you can pay for a flight to nowhere where you sit there in first class and get served by by the the stews and the Excuse me, the flight attendants and the classic period uniforms and real Pan Am China, glassware, the whole thing. You can relive this whole experience. Wow. Oh, wow. Part of me wants to go do that and just be the sweaty guy with the briefcase. 
<laughs> Just yeah. See, see yeah. what happens. And now I've got to find a hat with a pom pom because I'm. Really That's what you have to do. You have to get a a briefcase and have a couple of wires sticking out of it. Right. And, and keep see drawing lines on a map over. Yeah. Yep. And a and a right. very big, bright white, completely non-obtrusive string handle coming out of the briefcase too that I can. <laughs> right. And just and just keep going. Don't touch the briefcase. Right. Exactly. Don't touch it. Just don't touch it. You know. Pay no attention to, eat. to the briefcase. You know, I don't know how many hundreds of dollars I've paid for this experience, but I'd refuse to eat. Just, <laughs> I paid you know. for nickels and dimes out of my wife's uh, tip <laughs> exactly. jar. Oh my gosh! How is that not a not a red flag? Wow. I'm going to buy more insurance. Do you take change? <laughs> oh gosh! Wow! But uh, what a great this this film never disappoints. I, I, I just any moment that you pick up on it, it's just one thing after another. <laughs> You're always having a great day because you can compare yourself to being part of part of the airport experience. Exactly. Uh, so exactly ha- right. Definitely have to look into uh, seeing that seeing that Pan Am experience. So that does sound intriguing. Um, wow. Well, Hal, thank you so much for being on these uh, these past two days. It's been a, a wonderful time here, and uh, looking forward to uh, the next adventure where um, you and I are going to be doing the Rocketeer Minute coming up in April of 2017. So, I absolutely cannot wait, and this uh, has been so much fun these last two episodes, guys. I hope, uh, I hope it's been worth your time to drag me into it. And, oh, absolutely, uh, it was fun. And, and, and Jim, Jim, if this has been an audition to co-host the Rocketeer Minute, I, I hope that's still no, on. You, you, you just pass, announced you, it. You definitely passed the audition. Trust so. me, you, you, you are the kind of person that you know people will fight for as a guest, and uh, we hope to have you back on the Airport Minute in the future. Uh, we're going to be doing uh, airplane as well. Uh, we've been oh, fantastic! That, so we'll be adding air, airplane to the itinerary. Um, Can we and, do airplane and zero hour side by side? <laughs> and then high and the mighty somewhere and all that. Sure, sure, throw that in. And, <laughs> and uh, I had completely forgotten, by the way, the opening of airplane. That whole uh, the whole discussion over the PA with uh, about. Oh, the red, yeah, the, the, the pregnancy the and stuff like that. <laughs> yes. That's uh, that's Vern. It's yeah. Vern. Oh my Glenn God! Yeah, that. that's that right. Brilliant. That was their yep. dialogue, wasn't that? Yeah. Word for word. Yep. Exactly. Oh man. So, so uh, I'll yeah, sign we, you up anytime, guys. We will, we'll be getting you in there, and we're also going to be doing Airport Seventy Five, so uh, we can talk about uh, chase, chasing a seven forty seven with a with a helicopter. Oh, is <sighs> that his, his Petroni been promoted to pilot by that point, or is he? Because his role keeps getting better as the movies go on. It's like I, I think would, by. Uh, maybe it's by maybe it's Concord seventy nine when he's the experienced seasoned veteran pilot. Yeah, when he when he's shooting with the flare pistol out the window. That's the, right. <laughs> that's worth worth the whole movie. As we uh, are all want to do. Yes. You know? Wow. Well, uh, join us in uh, late twenty twenty three when we start the. <laughs> that's part of the airport uh, experience. But uh, please keep checking back with us at our great big website where we will be doing a lot of different series uh, that you can you can follow at airportminute.com. You can also track with us on a couple of different media, uh, social media. You can find us on Twitter at Airport Minute. You can also find us uh, on Facebook at Airport Minute and the Airport Minute Commanders Club where everybody gets together and chats about uh, shrimp towers and buckets of caviar. So, and <laughs> somewhere cr- uh, coffee and cr- uh, sandwiches with the crust cut off. Um, but uh, please join us out there. Where you can also uh, leave us messages on any of those uh, ventures. We do read each and every message you send us. Uh, we might not read it over the air simply because this is not an explicit language uh, podcast. But uh, you, you, please, please, we enjoy your feedback. If you are, would like to listen to our podcast um, 
have it delivered daily to whatever uh, mobile device you're listening to this on, uh, you can get it through iTunes. Uh, just go in and subscribe. Search for Airport Minute. If you could leave us a review there with as many stars as you can fit on the screen, uh, that would help us because the more stars we get, the more people uh, find out about this uh, lovely show. So uh, please join us here tomorrow when we will find out some more things about uh, uh, where Ada Quonset could be hiding somewhere here. And we're also going to be talking about... She's stale... a minx. <laughs> we're also going to be talking deeply about stale nuts, so stay tuned. Uh, but join us here tomorrow, Thursday, on the Airport Minute. Until then, good day. Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Nice going, sweetheart. Remind me to send a thank you note to Mr. Bowling. 